Hey everyone, welcome back to the Spygate Report. I'm going to be your host, Bill Vink, I'm the co-founder, the other co-founder, the man himself, Chef Joker, almost called you a different name. The man of many names, the man, the myth, the legend. How are you? I'm pretty good, man. I'm excited to talk this. We had uh, talked about this for a little while. You went on your cruise, so now you're home. We can finally jump into this. Um, we had two games last night, so let, let's talk about Pacers and, and Celtics first. Um, give me one second. I'm a little under the weather. Yeah, no problem. So that being said, as you mentioned, NBA in-season tournament is basically the main thing we're going to be talking about. We were supposed to have somebody else with us. Maybe they'll stop by and come in. Who knows? But you did. You actually, you actually bring up a great point. The Pelicans, Pacers kind of shock everyone here. I don't think – for starters, I don't think anyone really gives Indiana any, any like the credit – Lately, I think they've really been a team under the radar. This win against the Celtics kind of proves that they can, you know, win hard games. They are a potential contender. I wouldn't say title, you know, winner, but a potential contender. You know, if you sleep on them, I think this game really solidified the Pacers as a team to watch out for. That being said. Yeah, no. Uh, oh, go yeah, ahead. no. Uh, uh, Halliburton with his triple-double. Obviously, anybody gets a triple-double. It doesn't matter if it's 10-10-10. It don't got to be no 35, 12, 10, whatever. Anybody who gets triple-double, you're putting your team in a position to win. That's just first off. Um, Obi Toppin had a real good game. I think he finished with like 12, played some good defense. Miles Turner does what he does, grabs a bunch of boards, played some solid defense. I think what really hurt um, Celtics is Kristaps uh, Porzingis was out for this game. And Kristaps, he's had his best career year last year with the uh, – the Wizards, Wendell, healthy. At times, guys, they get, listen, it's the NBA. You know, you're going to get banged up a little bit. But he misses the game. They don't really have another big to kind of contest with Indiana. Indiana's still – Indiana reminds me of the Rick Smiths, the Davis brothers, Reggie Miller, Chris Mullen kind of era. This is a blue-collar, scrappy team. You know, Halliburton is your, your – I guess he would be considered like their flashy star guy. But he's a he's a fucking worker too. You know what I'm saying? He's not somebody that's takes off on one side of the court and doesn't you know put the same effort. In. This guy goes 100 percent on each side, and they remind me of that old school 90s uh, Pacers teams. Celtic get knocked out. That's crazy because it felt like you know the league would love to have had Laker Celtics, right? And right. for something you know obviously new with the tournament, I like this because it shows. There's no favoritism. Whatever happens, happens. Um, the Kings being knocked out. Now, they're they're also talked about as a major threat for the Western Conference. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people are high on them. They're super young. They're all coming up together. And for the Pelicans, without Zion doing really much, Zion only had like eight. Um, Jonas Valanciunas had a good game. Uh I just forgot his name. He was from the Lakers. Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram goes off for like 30 and 8. So you're like, okay, Brandon Ingram did the, the high point stuff. And then Jonas Valanciunas did the big man scrappy stuff. I'm going to do my double-double and do what I got to do. So to knock out the Kings and have the Pelicans and Pacers advance, this is really good for, for the NBA in-season tournament. This is a big thing because a lot of these – High-profile teams supposedly making noise in the playoffs. A lot of them have been knocked out already. So 
Salute to uh, the Kings and the Pacers. I'm really excited because I think in, in a lot of ways, Laker Nation is going to hate this. But I think if the Lakers and the Bucks both get knocked out, this would be amazing for the uh, NBA in-season tournament because it shows any team could win it then. It's not the typical, you know, eight teams that are going into the West and, and usually the, the top six teams on both sides are, are in position. If these teams get knocked out, this does feel more like college with the, you know, the lower teams able to knock out the top end teams. Well, what I think that it does um, is it creates for the small market fan base hope. But it also brings more attention to these small market teams. The Pacers, yeah. whether you like it or not, are a small market team. The Pelicans are a small market team. You know, some people would even consider the Kings a small market team. So, you know, when, when you sit there and look at the potential, you know, layers of what of what this this uh, I guess semifinals is, is looking up to be. As you said, if if the if the Lakers and the Bucks get knocked out, we have a basically a small market uh, cup. It's what it is. It, it, you know, you know what this reminds me of of the uh, of the MLB playoffs for for this year, where the majority of the teams were, were small market teams. And okay. I think this is a really great thing for the NBA because it's not showing, hey, you know, it's showing people early on in the season, just because you have a great team on paper does not, it's not going to translate to success. And what yeah. I think this will do, I think this is going to show certain organizations, hey, maybe we don't need to go after all these stars. Maybe we don't need the the the, the, the dream team, you know, a big three, a big four, a big five. Maybe we can actually grow and develop our guys who actually give them proper attention and playtime. I think that is what this NBA in-season tournament is going to show. You know, I was very much against this NBA in-season tournament. I thought it was a joke when it first came out. Um, I thought they were just trying to make more money because their CBA deal is about to expire soon. And I thought this was a way to get, you know. I, I, think that was a, I think that was a major play to try to get more money to show, you know, it's more than just 82 games and a playoffs. I think this was a, you know, shit, we got to throw something new in. And it's successful in college, but it's done better in college. And it makes sense in college than what the NBA has done. You can't call this this World Cup kind of thing with nobody in the world being in it but you. You right. know what I mean? Like, so I like what I've seen, but this could have been done way better. And I think this is what we're going to transition into with talking about how you could make this something special. And you're a big uh, FIFA guy, right? I think that's what the soccer yeah, world FIFA, call. Yeah, FIFA. Yeah. Like a FIFA. Uh, obviously not a video game, but you know the landscape of soccer. And for if anyone international is watching this, and first of all, if you're listening to this, um, YouTube, Spygate Report, my bad. We should have plugged that before. But uh, you know a whole lot more of the international world, we're from America, so I would have to say international because, you know, in our country, soccer is the least favorite for, for you know, people to go by. Soccer's at an all-time high. You have guys like Messi who have come over, um, David Beckham, and what Messi has done in a short stint in Miami, just his first few games, has put soccer on the map big time. You know what I'm saying? Like, so um, I think... The dopest way to talk it is someone like you who would understand how they do their in-season tournaments 
and how we could make it better for soccer. So please go on your thing because I'm just going to be your Robin. You're the Batman right now. Uh, talk to me. How do we, how do how does soccer make their in season stuff look good? Honestly, it's really interesting because every single league kind of does it differently. <laughs> you know, um, like you can go to to um, Ireland, the air uh, the Airtricity League, where part of their cup promotes them into the um, the the their playoffs. So there's one thing there. You know, the, the NBA could do something like that. You have where in the um, I, I would say the, the Premier League, but there's over 12 leagues in in uh, in England. So I guess I guess what I could say is there are there's the EFL Cup, which is specifically for the EFL um, two and one, and you know those two teams kind of go at it in a bracket style uh, group group play, uh, anywhere from three to four teams, and then you know the top two advance to the next round. They get, it goes to single elimination from there. You have the Emirates FA Cup, which is one of my favorite cups um, in general for an end season. Over seven hundred, over seven hundred teams, single elimination. If there isn't over, well, it, and it, well, it takes place over about six, seven months. And so, I think oh, the NBA elimination—they're all single elimination. Yes, the only wow. time that they that they ever play a double is if the game goes into overtime, or, or sorry, if the game goes into a draw within ninety minutes. Which, as we know, um, the NBA doesn't do draws; they do overtime. So. In this case, it would still be single elimination with no chance of a second game throughout the entire way. I think that right here is the best possible solution for this NBA in-season tournament. And I do, don't get me wrong, I do like the group stage. But to me, the group stage wasn't really a group stage. You still had multiple teams in groups that were in their division. The whole point is you want to see maybe the Spurs, the Raptors, the Pelicans, the Clippers, and, uh, and the Wizards. And a group that's a group stage, that is a group right there because none of those teams are really familiar with each other like that. You I make agree. it uncomfortable for these teams now, they really have to put some effort in. And you got to think too, this NBA in season tournament as well it allows players to shine. That is one of one of the things I really love about the Emirates FA Cup because teams like let's say Chelsea, which is which is a Premier League squad, can go up against Dagenham United and put on their practically their bench, like they're the bench, bench, bench. You know, and have those guys get some play time so they can still develop with the head coach that's Chelsea. Not like you know they're their secondary coach, the head coach, a guy like uh like Frank Lampard, Thomas Tuchel. Just just throw out some names. Obviously, that's not Chelsea's coach right now. I'm just throwing them out because that's the last yeah. two I remember before the current guy. Um, so there's ways you can do that while still giving your younger players a, a, a experience. I think this really this NBA tournament should feature the G League. I I really do because now if you're what I love about the NBA is you can actually watch uh, the G League all of their games for free on ESPN Plus. Well, not for free, but you can watch on ESPN Plus every single game, that entire season. And what you see is a bunch of guys who are only playing against each other, not really getting better. How are you going to get better if you're getting, going against guys the same caliber as you? This NBA in-season tournament allows them to go against potentially the LeBron James, the Russell uh, Westbrooks, the Adam Miller Schofield, whatever, right? No, and that's the one thing I agree with the uh, G League part of this is uh, if you have like a Raptors 905 team, and let's just say they play uh, the Utah Jazz and somehow they get a win, right? Like this is that feel of when you watch the March Madness, you have the, you know, the 
lower end teams, you know, the Bowling Greens and things like that, where if you could beat off a North Carolina, a Duke, right. you know, uh, USC, you knock them out. That's like a oh shit. Now, and I'm not saying that you know the Golden State Warriors team or, or any of these G League affiliates are going to walk in there and be an NBA team. I'm not saying that. It might just look like a stack game. You know what I'm saying? Like, but let's just say one of those one of those teams comes out and goes ham, knocks a team out, and you're like, wait a minute, how does that happen? It gives that wow factor to the to the tournament because anyone can can advance. And I do like the knockouts instead of the have a couple wins, go forward. Nah, I'm ready to, you know, you win, you stay in. You lose, you're out. And I think that, like, for right now, and I'm sticking with the Raptors, if a guy like Brady Dick, who's like a 13th or 14th pick in the draft, hasn't cracked the Raptors roster, and he's being molded in the 905, if he could go nuts, right, and, I mean, takes on an NBA team, has a big game, you're like, wait a minute, why is he up here, you know? Or maybe a forward or a point guard who just dominates, and you're like, man, maybe I'm missing something. You know what I mean? It puts it puts a spotlight on a lot of these guys. It gives them a bigger opportunity to be seen and not by your scouting department. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, it's so, funny. There was um there was a kid the Cavs called up. Um, I don't I don't remember who it was. It was, it was a guard. The kid that I was watching on my cruise hashtag uh, big shout out to Royal Caribbean and. Um, the kid was averaging apparently 15 points a game almost for like the entire week. I'm pretty sure you're, you, you know, you, uh, that you know about the kid, but yeah. Um, and the kid was lining up in the in season tournament and they called him from the G league and he's on, it was on like a, a two week or 10 day contract, some crap like that. Yeah, it was 10 day and the kid was killing it. Yeah. Was, and the kid was he, killing it. Yeah. He was called up because uh, Donovan Mitchell was out and kids averaging like 13, 14 points. Eight assists, two steals, a block, and you're like, "Whoa!" Right? But like, he was doing this against starters. It wasn't just, oh, the, yeah. you know. And that's that's what made it more impressive. That's what I'm saying. Some of these kids have really um, great potential, and it sucks. I like the G League, and I'm not. Please don't think I'm trying to hate on the G League. But you, how are you going to grow and develop against people that are your caliber? I think this in season tournament a allows coaches in the G League more exposure. But also, what I what people don't realize is that a lot of the NBA rules get experimented in in the G League. So oh, yeah. I think and this is a perfect time. Hold on, I think this is a perfect time to use those experimentation rules in the in season tournament, giving the G League teams just a little bit more of an advantage, just a little bit of an advantage, because now the modern NBA players are gonna have to get used to those rules for that tournament. I think if you create your own rules for this thing. And also allow the G League to get involved. And if the NBA really wants to make it a big deal, I think what they should do is get the NBA Africa League involved. They always try to hype up the the, the basketball Africa League for the NBA, right? Get them involved. Yeah, then you're also allowing. There you go. They're perfect. Whatever that was. And if they can get those teams in there, you now have made this National Basketball Association thing a global association tournament. And then you can start from there. It's like, it's like, you know, the African takeover, whatever, you know, but it still gives them for, for one, it gives the, the, the ball 
more media exposure, which is what they were trying to do to begin with, and allows them to potentially earn cash, a lot more cash than they're probably earning, and potentially a, a you know a TV deal over there for their people. Well, you know the the one thing I'll say about that specifically. Um, now it's no surprise I'm a Raptors fan. You know what I'm saying? Um, Pascal Siakam comes from that basketball without borders. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if you got a guy like that who can come over, and it shows that okay, this this is working. We have a young player who is coming to his prime, NBA champion. You know, the guy did do his thing. He was the second option to Kawhi Leonard with that Raptors run. But you're like, okay, it works. You got a guy. You know, not like a, a player who stuck on a bench for a little while. No, this guy who's been an all-star, he's an NBA champion. He's a, you know, he's a proven uh, uh, commodity. But if you want to do this smart, and I'm being dead serious too, understand the kind of people that have came uh, to the league that are not like Asian-Americans or African-Americans or Hispanic-Americans. No, 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 no. I'm saying, look at the guys like Arvidas Sabonis, uh, Darren Petrovich, God bless the dead, Yao Ming, uh, for the Spurs, Manu Ginobili, uh, Tony Parker, uh, Joker, who's killing it. Luka, Luka. A young guy like uh, Luka Doncic. All these guys are not American-born players that are coming from other countries. They're doing it over there and then coming here. Now, if you could sit there and go, well, what teams did they play for? I mean, shit, you got FC Bayern Munich as an international basketball team. Yeah, Real Madrid, Barcelona, all those. Yeah, Yeah, but, you know, know, that's the one thing. Right, but, you know, that's the one thing, too, is that a lot of NBA fans don't know basketball, and I'm not trying to take a a shot at, 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 you know, any of the NBA fans, but a lot of fans – don't know what's outside of America because this is an American sport that has been transcended to other countries. And but then again, too, is that these other countries have some really tough leagues. They're just not they're just not as televised. I, I can honestly sit there and say if you look at, at some of these leagues and how physical they are, it would make us look really soft sometimes. Oh like, go ahead and I play mean, the, go ahead and play the German basketball league. Let's see how, let's see how well that works. Well that's and that's what I'm saying. Like guys like Schroeder, the Gasol brothers, Yao Ming, who is to me one of my favorite big men ever, not because of anything he did on the floor. I like the ambassador he is. I like the person Yao Ming was and what he meant. He was a funny big man who had his heart set in the right way. He wanted to put Chinese basketball on the map and he did everything with a smile. He wasn't a rah-rah guy, did any of this crazy stuff. He was a good dude. So you go, you sit back and you go, look at all these international talents. Something of Steve Nash, and I'm gonna say, I'm gonna name Steve Nash before I say these other players because who was better Steve at Nash, hockey think, and chose basketball, which was second best sport. Soccer. He was, was a it soccer. soccer? Guy. I thought it was hockey. Is there yeah. it was hockey? Uh-uh. Okay. Uh, so besides Steve Nash, because I think he came in the year before. Or like a year after. I know he was close to the Vince Carter draft. When Vince Carter played for the Raptors, there were two Canada teams. The Vancouver Grizzlies and the Toronto Raptors. Vancouver right. wound up getting Antoine Jameson and Vince Carter went to Toronto. 
and you go, well, we all know the Grizzlies to be Memphis. Why? Because that shit didn't work, and they didn't have that guy to put butts in seats. They become now the Memphis Grizzlies. Toronto, the lone team in a whole country, gets all that fan base. But Vince Carter, what he did in Canada, a lot of guys like Anthony Bennett, R.J. Barrett, and others have all said, we play basketball because of Vince Carter. Those are Canadians, not Canadian-Americans. They grew up playing over there. Anthony Bennett is a flop, but R.J. Barrett is a damn good player. So you go, okay, but look at all these international guys, and Vince is American. He's from Florida, Daytona, but he played, and he was the guy in Canada. And you inspired a whole generation to want to be you. This is what you can do if you do this right. When they asked Joker, oh, are you going to be intimidated to play in the finals? He said, brother, I played in Serbia. And they showed a clip where all around the the, the, the floor, and dudes were lighting flares. It looked like something out of fucking Mad Max. You know what I'm saying? It looked nuts. And he's like, please, let that shit. Imagine having an NBA game and you're in that situation. You know how dope that would be for the league? And I'm not saying it's safe or anything. No, it's absolutely not the, safe. The feel of it, the moment of it would be amazing. This is what, if you actually make this a world game, this cup could be done dope. Go ahead, my fault. You know, it's funny because like, I'm glad that you said that. I, if I'm going to be 100% with you, I don't think this thing should be done during the season. I, I don't think it, it should be done during the season. I think we get rid of the. I think we get rid of the preseason. I really think we do. Oh, we I think the preseason. I that, exactly because it Ooh. gives people an incentive. Now you can still keep your eighty-two game crap. Go for it. But this allows teams early to analyze truthfully just how good their teams are. This allows other teams around the world to go against fresh NBA teams. That way, there's no excuse. Oh, we were tired. Oh, this happened. Oh, well, he yeah. had an off yeah. night. No, no, no. There was no, we were kicking it nice and fresh. You've had about two, three months of off time. Now let's see what everyone has to bring to the table. It allows other countries who play at different times to come here. You play their best basketball, potentially grow the sport even more. That That's really my goal here. I think this thing should be used as a beacon to grow the sport and reach across the entire world. Obviously, well, I mean, yes, the they, yes, they already have, and then they do yeah. travel. I know that. But this tournament, if you allow other teams to play in this tournament, you're telling kids across the world, get good, come here, and let's see what you got. And I guarantee you, a lot of these people will wind up walking away from those teams with at least G League contracts. I guarantee it. I mean, listen, I'm not mad at that. This is a sport I grew up playing my whole life. I love basketball. I'm super passionate. This is why when we started to do the sports podcast, I was really excited about it because basketball and football are my favorite two sports that I did play. Um, the cool part about that, and that's what I was going to ask you, because when you said it, I was like, there's no way the players are going to play extended, right? Like, if you're telling them, because they're already, they complained about the 82 games. They want less. Well, well um, here, here's the thing, and this no, is wait, my wait, thing. Wait, hold on. I want to give you credit because, and I got to cut you off because it makes sense. Because a lot of the time, the preseason guys really they kind of mail it in. You know, a lot of guys, oh, I don't really don't want to play, and that sucks for the fans because they're still paying money to go see preseason games. You know what I mean? Yeah. This gives an incentive, and it's part. It's technically part of the season. 
because it's the beginning of basketball. And I do like this better than saying, you know what? Scrap the preseason. Nobody likes the word. Let's get rid of it. Let's really tone our guys. Let's get them ready. Let's get them in. And if you could have, and I mean, look at the guys. I think Stephon Marbury, I, he, I think he played for like the Shanghai, Shanghai, Shanghai I don't Dragons. think they're Sharks. I think that's their baseball team. But he played for like a team over there. They built a statue for him. Stephon Marbury, a.k.a. Starberry, Brooklyn, New York, Coney Island, has a statue over there. Like, that's crazy to me. I mean, respect, not crazy like, oh, that's that's crazy. Why would they do that? It has nothing to do with that. But if they're big, listen, have those guys come over. And let's just say the NBA has an ego thing. Because, you know, a lot of the time, a lot of this shit is politics. Well, but that's the thing, and I was just about to get to that. I don't want to cut you up, but I'm going to get to this. Because you know how in soccer there's the Champions League, right? Yeah. Which is the be-all, end-all, the best teams in Europe are in that. And they all compete once a year, if you qualify. They all compete once a year to be the champion of Europe. Can you imagine if there's this quote-unquote Super League, and if the NBA was so set on keeping – they're like having something in the middle to alleviate the schedule. You can take this tournament and hey, the, the the top four teams get get thrown in to that super league. Uh, the, they face the best teams around the world. Maybe you'll see, see the Pacers I, I, versus Bayern Munich or Real Madrid versus the Celtics. Yeah, and it also touches other. It touches your fan base because. How many times you see uh, basketball players in the offseason, they'll go and they're kind of ambassadors and they're in Brazil, they're in Spain, they're in China, you know, and, and they're representing the NBA. And those kids and adults that love the NBA so much, but they never get to see those guys on the floor. Now with this opportunity of guys being able to go to different countries and play, it gives those kids more incentive. It makes them want to put the ball in their hands more. It makes them want to be the Jason Tatum's, the Kevin Durant's, the LeBron's, because they're more inspired because all the guys that they're seeing on TV, now they have an opportunity to actually see them on their floor in their home. You know what I'm saying? It would be such a better thing to, to market. And the NBA always wants to say, we're a global brand. Okay. Prove it. Pro- prove it. Because here's the thing. Off and prove it. What what a lot of people don't realize, and I'm going to use the Saudi, uh, Saudi Arabia for a great example here. The Saudi Arabians, uh, the Saudi Arabian soccer league was a joke years ago. No disrespect to Saudi Arabia, but what they did because they want to make their country better and they want to, you know, put more eyes on their products. What do you think they're doing? They're spending more money and building their soccer brand. They they've got the Ronaldo's. They've got the you know Ingolo Conte's. Hell, just recently they went out to David De Gea and David De Gea said, "No, I want to play in America." <laughs> so you know they're building what could be. One of the best sports leagues out there, and, and it, the, I know. And it, what's the soccer team that looks like it's like a castle or something? Is their their thing? Uh God, I can't remember. It's either Al Nasir or is it um, Al Ahly? But I know it's it's it's, it's one of those uh, King Fod, right? King the King Fod Stadium. Yeah, yeah. Talking about. yeah. I can't remember the. T- I, I know the stadiums off the top of my head. I can't remember the teams are playing. But them. it's gorgeous. It's a, right, it's a but that's story. what they're doing, though. But that's what they're doing, though. I mean, hell, they just made a whole boxing thing in partner with Mike Tyson to do it. 
that wow. that Tyson Fury and uh, for, and Francis Ngannou fight. What do you think that they built the whole arena for that? Get out of here! Tyson's brand was all over that fight. Wow. <laughs> so, but I, I, either way, you see what I'm saying though is that you're seeing all these other countries trying to be global, and not just saying just because oh that's soccer, it's a world sport, blah blah blah. I'm saying the NBA yeah. has the potential to do this, but there's only one thing that's going to stop the NBA, and that's the NBA. Because you also, and I, I will admit, you also have to think if let's say LeBron James and the Lakers lose to like Real Madrid, or they lose to the Raptors 905, or the Capital City Go Go, it really starts to paint wait, who's really the best league? And if I'm the NBA, and if I really want to make my G League mean something, you know what I love about the Premier League? This, about, this is also in England, is that the three worst teams get relegated every year. They go, they fall down a division, thus making teams want to play better. So that way you eliminate tanking. You eliminate tanking for the first round pick. And then what that means is three G League teams get to move up. Top three best three G League teams get to move up while the worst three NBA teams move down. You want to talk about making an incentive and making it competitive. That's exactly what you do. So if like I think it's called the Long Island. What is the Long Island Knicks, I think, is the G League, whichever one it is, right? So if they're playing really well, and let's just say, I don't want to say the Bulls, like, I don't really know who's really terrible right now in the NBA, but a bad team. Let's just say that whoever the worst, let's just say the Raptors, because I'm a Raptors fan. The Raptors stink, and they're trying to tank. One of those teams can now take their spot, and the Raptors now drop off because they stink. Yeah. Whoa, but what? And if and I understand that that this idea is a very far shot idea. Most people would yeah. lose their mind. I'm pretty sure someone's gonna type in <laughs> you're, you're a fucking idiot in the comments. But like, if that was such a big deal, here's what you can do. And this is where it makes it interesting because let's say a team right is just knows they're gonna do terrible this season, but they win the NBA Cup, right? Why don't we give them that play that play in spot? Why don't we give them the, the number 10 playing spot? If you win the NBA Cup and you actually don't make it, you get that spot. Oh, like uh, the, the playing thing? Right. And if exactly. And if the NBA is so scared to do that, why don't you give the G League and if they don't want to comp- have anybody in there, just keep the NBA, right? Why don't you give the G League and uh, the NBA G League Cup? And that way, the top two teams get to earn uh, the number 10 spot, one for each conference. That'd be dope. I like that idea because it it gives them a real meaning outside of winning a, a G League championship. Uh, it gives them an opportunity to now be seen where the you know playoffs supposed to be a little more physical and less calls and all that. If you say you know what the play is kind of corny, let's give these two teams you know an opportunity. And yeah, it listen it's the worst technical spot for a G league to have because you're going against the top seed in both conferences. But that's once again, like that March Madness thing we talk about, you want to see Davidson try to knock out, you know, uh, Memphis, Michigan, you know, North Carolina, all these teams, you want to see those, you know, teams that you barely ever hear of have that opportunity. And even if they, they keep it close, you're like, man, you know, who shined? 
Was it, you know, Bill Vink? Did, and, and how come he's not called up? Look what he did against us, you know, fighting. Guys like that would get more of an opportunity. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. And what it does, too, is that it eliminates that 10th team that really shouldn't be there. Hell, it, it technically it should be eight and then two other, you know. But teams that really can barely even scratch 32 wins, you know, get getting that 10th spot. Now it forces pressure on them like, hey, you've at least got to play somewhat decent to be at least number nine now. Ted, trying to aim for 10 ain't going to happen. Can you can you reach that ninth spot? And then it gives that un, that wild card thing because no NBA team is going to have NBA footage. On, on, on a G League team, they're not. Unless they have, like, scouts in there constantly watching. Well, You're not going to have scouts that, all the time. The G League thing is for the team scouts to be paying attention. But this is Right, what to we pay attention saying. to players, but not a whole team, uni- yeah. you know, unity. And that's where the G League can excel in. Because let's say, once again, they can they have film. Because all you have to do is look at <laughs> any NBA game. You know? So the potential is there. And there are so many different avenues and formulas that this NBA Cup can go. And I know we kind of diverted a little bit to the NBA G League Cup, but like, if they really were trying to market this and they really want their NBA G League teams, their their G League brand to be an identical kind of close second to it, they have to start doing things like this. And if they really want to make it a global a global brand, any of the ideas we just talked about on there, which I feel like we had at least seven. So, yeah. I mean. Like I said, the possibilities of what this in-season cup can be or this tournament can be is, and it does, and it should not be called the NBA Cup. It's lazy, it's horrible marketing, and it's just a money grab. You want to make this important. Like when I say the Emirates FA Cup, any soccer fan's going to know that's in England. That's when all the teams in England compete. Whoops. <laughs> that's when all the teams in England compete against each other to, you know, get one of the most prestigious cups in the world. Some of the most prestigious. What's the one in in where FC Bayern Munich plays in their own thing? What's that called? The the Dusha Pokal? Yeah. Yes, that's when all three of their leagues compete. Um, The uh, Bundesliga 2, Bundesliga 1, I think it's – is it Bundesliga 2? I think it's Bundesliga 2. But I know it's like Bundesliga 1, 2, Bundesliga, something like that. But this is what we're saying with all these leagues. There's a lot of cups that teams can be into. And, it, it and well, you know, it. also, I, I mean, control, but like I said, if you win the Emirates FA Cup, that solidifies your spot in the Europa League. So let's Which say a do. team that's outside of the top four or five, I think it is, in the Premier League. There's, I think, there's two slots for the Champions League, three or two for the um, the, the Europa League. Top four teams go into those respectively, right? So let's just say that again this is what i talked about earlier let's say the 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 agility team potentially shocks the world and wins the nba cup cool they can make the playoffs if they win kind of like how in the emirates fa cup if you win it all you go into the the, the europa league whether regardless of, of your your record or whatever division you play in you get to go play in the the, the europa league group stage same thing with the carabao cup if you win that then you go on to the to the europa conference league and go in there internationally, and that's where some of the lesser teams actually play. You know, the teams in 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 um, Ireland, the teams in uh, Scotland. You know, so what I get. What was it that we saw where the guys were playing in like a a, a neighborhood park? Uh, uh, the that, soccer well, that, was like, oh, that huh? was a street league. That was the uh, every street United or something like that. No, 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 that no, no. That's street. not what I'm talking about. Remember, you were saying, "Oh, look, this club." This guy came right after work and he's, you know, 
He's playing soccer. It was oh, for a cup. You, well, yes, that, that was in the Emirates FA Cup. But in that one, that the team I, I was uh, watching. Oh, Jesus Christ! What was it? It was two. It was two years ago. I was watching it. I remember. I remember the game because it was raining in in, in the uh, town park too. It wasn't. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't remember the team name, but the commentators like they were an e, they were a Division Five team basically. So like one of the lower the, the best lower ones you could be in. And the guy was a personal trainer at a gym, and then he just got off to go play soccer against. I think it was. Uh, it was um, Carlisle United, the EFL four team, and like to the to, to the Division five team, Carlisle looked like Arsenal at that point for to, to them, you know. But that, but they won, they won, and you know, like there were people that were watching it next to there because the the park was connected to like an apartment building. They were watching outside their yeah. window, you know. But that's saying these people were coming from their day jobs to play this night game against a team that should have whooped them and they won two to one and it shocked everybody. It was look, a big shock. Look how, good that was... hmm? look, look how good that is for, for fans. Like I'm not a soccer fan. I like soccer, but I wouldn't consider myself a real fan. But when you put it on and we were watching it, shit was fun. I'm like, yo, why does it look like there was some random neighborhood and they were cameras and that's what it was. It was a random neighborhood. These guys linked up. They played. It was a fast paced game, even in the rain. These guys weren't slowing down on some, you know, I don't want to look like a fool in, in full. No, this is 100 miles and running for, for what, 98 minutes or something crazy-ish like that? It did go to, yeah, because the five minutes of added time, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, it was mad fun. We were sitting here like, yo, this is crazy. Now, you know the league better than me. You know all these teams. But for me, it was fun. I got to see something that doesn't look like Chelsea, Arsenal, Real Madrid, FC Bayern Munich, where these, you know, 70, 80,000, you know, seat arenas. You know, maybe a thousand people like, were in that, were in that thing, maybe. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, so I got to see something that if it was basketball, you would consider it like NBA street. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was so different that I was like, yo, this is so dope that a lot of these guys are, are regular nine to five workers and then they're running over to come play soccer. And they're, they're doing, they're, they're killing it. It gave an opportunity for us to see guys and be like, yo, that is so dope. You know what I'm saying? And this is what we're saying with make this a world, a real world cup. Yeah. And if it's, like I said there's so much potential in it. There's so, so much potential here. And I can go on and on about what the NBA can do that that's closely related to soccer. Soccer is the only thing that really does this, these many tournaments. And you got to, again, too, is that I love how the NBA players say, oh, this is a lot. Some of these soccer players play three times a week. Yeah. And that's 90 plus minutes because some of these guys are required because they need to be, they're the guy for their team. You know, that's that's the thing a lot of people don't understand is there's no real TV timeouts in soccer. (laughs) There's that one halftime, that one half. You got, you got halftime. And let's be honest, guys like Messi, Ronaldo, you're top-end guys who you would consider the Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and et cetera. These guys get subbed in and out of games. And it's not like it was before. Guys ain't banging in the paint pause. There's none of that physical, real hardcore basketball no more. Soccer, even if you're not getting touched, you are running. And if you're one of the top guys and you're not blowing a team out, you ain't coming out. Games are way too close because a win is two points and 
listen, in soccer, every point counts because you're not three. even trying to catch else because, oh, three. So it's three yeah. points, loss is nothing. And, and then the time. And then I draw. Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. So even draws, if you watch at the end of games, guys are going nuts because they're not trying to catch an L. Every point matters. So you don't have the luxury of being a star and going, yo, coach, I'm a little tired. No. Oh, well, hope me this. 15 more minutes you're going to keep playing. And but you also, you also one no. 15 more minutes. Yeah, but you, that, that that that's the that's the reality of the sport. But you know, at the same time, again, it's just different. You know, I, I like like I was saying, most people in America don't even know that the United States has three different leagues for soccer. I didn't, I thought it was just the MLS thing. No, no, and and you you would hope if if again if America's smart and go on this for days, they should do what the Premier League does or England does in general. The U, the USL Championship League, the top three go on to to the uh, the USL one. Sorry, the USL one go on to the USL Championship League. Top the, the worst three go down to the USL one. Top three of the champion of the USL Champions League go on to the MLS. The three worst go down. That way you well, keep think, it going, and then you can funnel more more cup competitions. That way, that way you know the mm-hmm. the best way to do it because remember you for what you said I think works the best because you're not going to convince. NBA guys who are super spoiled to want to do something longer. So if you go, yo, we're cutting out the preseason, we're going to implement the NBA, uh, not in-season tournament, you'll call it whatever, the NBA World Cup, or just call it, you know. Not even uh, If they were smart, if they were smart, get Jordan to put his name on that damn thing and make it, you know, fucking relevant. You bring they have this stupid what is it, the Magic Johnson trophy for the whatever team wins the Eastern Conference or whatever the hell it is, right? Yeah, I know they, they renamed them. Yeah, yeah, they renamed them. Fine. Do you know what the best part is about a lot of these different cups in soccer? They're all freaking there's the Papa John's cup for fuck's sakes. Like you can literally make a sponsor just be hey, sponsor this. You're still make it and, and it's an endorsement deal. And I was about to say, you know big things are gonna want to jump on that, put their name on it. The Jordan brand will, Nike will, Adidas. Are you kidding me? These shoe brands are going to be like, mine, give me that. You know what? And and now that you said that, I'm a Reebok guy. I, I love Reebok. I use Reeboks my whole life. Um, Under I was a little, little kid, what my mom gave me. But when I started playing basketball, I lived on Reeboks, uh, the Rain Man's, uh, the Kamikazes. <laughs> but, like, um, the new owner of Reebok is Shaquille O'Neal, arguably – the most dominant big man of all time. I didn't see Will Chamberlain and um, artist Gilmore, uh, you know, Bill Russell. I'm 44 years old. This is way before me. But in the era I seen, I seen the Pat Ewings, the David Robinsons, the Tim Duncans, you know, uh, Rick Smiths, Hakeem Olajuwon, who to me is the greatest footwork guy of all time for a big. But uh, Shaquille O'Neal dominated like no one I've ever seen dominated. He's the now owner of Reebok. His vice president is the greatest offensive guard I've ever seen in my life, Allen Iverson. They both are Reebok's top-tier guys, right? They're, they're the head honchos of Reebok. How smart would it be? Because Nike did some scumbag-ish. They got the biggest billboards next to all the arenas for the you know when the dream team was coming. And Nike blew up. They they put it close to the stadium, and that they did their marketing was smart. Now, for Reebok to be the now, 
This is what we do. This is our culture. Allen Iverson and Shaq are the culture of the NBA. How dope would it be to say, listen, we're going to do that. We're going to sponsor this cup thing, right? You put the Reebok logo all over it. You got Allen Iverson, who is a cultural icon. How many kids grew up and wanted to cross people over like Allen Iverson? How many bigs wanted to turn around and straight bang it on people and break backboards like Shaquille O'Neal? They transitioned like there was no light down. You sit there, you put your logo all over this shit. You're going to get more of these young guys who are coming into the league, the, the flashy guys, the high-profile guys, to say, shit, AI's there, Shaq is there, they're running this shit, fans are going to see their logo all over the place. Reebok, do the smart thing. Listen, dude, I swear, if we were somebody, we're just building this now. But if people yeah, listen, this, this was not talked about before. <laughs> this is all the top. On the back, but this is what you do. This is marketing. Get rid of the preseason. Make this a real world cup. Put the top, listen, top 10 teams and everywhere. You know, I don't care who it is. You got to make sure you got a team from Asia. You got to make sure there's a team from Africa. You got to make sure there's a team in Germany and UK and Israel and all this other stuff. Make it smart. Put your brand everywhere. And let a team, let, let the Knicks go to Serbia. Let the Raptors go to Russia. You know what I'm saying? Like, let this happen. Especially in a world where we live in today where all these crazy scenarios and everybody wants to be at war. Let's make this game better. Let's let's fucking unite people. Give them a sport to fucking sit back and say, shit, we come together. This is a kid's game. Let's have some fun. And I'm not trying to talk politics, but this is the kind of shit that brings people together. Yeah. Like, and you know, you're, you, you have one aspect that we didn't touch on is that, again, this goes back to Reebok. You can put, you know, for a defensive award, the Shaq award for offense, the Allen Iverson award. If you really want to make it super freaking like intricate, the ankle breaker award, you know, something like that. Like you can, you can make those fun awards and you don't think these rookies and stuff like that are going to appreciate that stuff. It lets them, it lets them be appreciated for their, for their ball handling abilities. It's for the little things that everyone takes for granted as a fan. You yeah. allowed these kids to put themselves on a map because guess what? That rookie of the year word, it's cute. But how many rookies are really starting like that nowadays? Yeah. And not many. It, it helps their brand, their personal brand as well. And it's going to give them eyes because when all these other shoe brands see, oh my God, Reebok's doing this, we got to sign that kid now. They're going to have a, they're going to have a, and if they have a decent agent, they'll have a lot more room to negotiate decent contracts coming out as rookies or even in high schools. That NAL deal is now gone. So, I mean, and if and if you collaborate with college, I mean, it's just a lot of different ways this thing can go. You know, I I think we hit this one off the head, like pause, but I think we crushed it. The homie never made it. It is what it is. Listen, Spygate report, no homer shit. Like we gonna give it to you how we see it. Does that mean we one hundred percent right? No. But we're going to talk sports our way. We're going to do it. We're going to have some fun. I mean, look at me. I look like something from Total Fucking Recall. But I'm having fun. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to try to break it down, have some fun with it. We're not going to be on some super nerd stat everything. This is for fun. And if you're an NBA fan, yo, like, subscribe, share, all that good shit. 
We're going to start doing another project uh, weekly. Not going to say that because that's going to be a whole lot of fun. I know you got your FSU thing that technically will be dropped before this. Uh, so it's it's already out. About, <laughs> it's been out. He's going to talk about how Florida State uh, University got absolutely robbed. And I will say this just to end this because I do want to throw my opinion on there real quick. If you take Florida State out just because their quarterback is gone, you're literally saying the entire season of the work you put in means nothing. They're undefeated, right? Like, and they don't make it. The week before that, you had Alabama eight, who had multiple losses, and they slide in because they beat Georgia. You just didn't want to put them in because they lost a quarterback, and not with the cheating Michigan scandal. Let's not forget. Yeah, this it damaged the, the, the integrity the of the playoffs. Football, the college football thing, tournament, uh, playoff thing was supposed to stop this. It was supposed to stop the wrong teams making it in. And you just robbed Florida State. So you're telling these kids every wins and losses don't matter. It means nothing. Wins and losses mean nothing. They're undefeated. And I don't want to hear shit about the SEC being better than the ACC. SEC outside of conference was 7-9. and nine. Every team plays those whack schools. And I'm not saying they whack because God bless every kid that's there. God bless every kid in HBCU and Juco and all that shit. I hope every one of them shine and all that good stuff. But if you play Bill Vink and, 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 and Chef Joker College and you're Alabama, USC, Clemson, and you don't have a stat game versus us, there's something wrong with you. You're on that list so you could make all these guys look like Heisman and everything else. Way too many of these teams play nobody. They played their division, their their schedule. They were undefeated, and they don't make it in. College football is full of shit, and you just told every kid and coach wins don't matter. Yeah, I said I touched upon all of this and more um, on that thing. It's like a five minute video, so go check that out. But that being said, everyone, please as always follow us on the Spygate Report on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Apple, uh, Spotify, you name it. With that being said, for myself and for my co-host and co-founder, Chef Joker, we are out of here. Goodbye, everybody. Have a great night.